Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Luke, and this is my co-host, Gerard. And today we're talking about Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, this is a Discord podcast, so it's recorded on only the highest-end um, computers and technology. Um, yeah, that's that's a joke. Okay, um, so Skinwalker Ranch, also known as the Sherman Ranch, is... Uh, a, let's see, it is a 512-acre, um, ranch, so that's huge, southeast of Ballard, Utah. Um, Ballard, Utah is a city in Uinta County, Utah, and the population was 801 as of the 2010 census, which is a, uh, Pretty good increase from the 2000 census population of 566. <laughs> so it's probably sitting at a little above a thousand now. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they see this, like all this um, interest that's driven by, you know, Skinwalker Ranch as a net positive, right? I mean, it probably yeah. draws a lot of. Um, tourism. Yeah, tourism there. Uh, but well, I would I wouldn't say it brings tourism. The reason being is because it's being monitored for decades with armed security and surveillance, twenty four seven, three sixty five a year. So I actually doubt that there's a lot of tourism over there. Wait, the um, the Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Oh yeah, probably because there's weirdos like me that want to go. Um, look around and uh see if there's like aliens about or something true true um so at the 2000 census there was 566 people 181 households and 146 families in the town um actually most of the population is younger so that's um yeah, the median household income was thirty five thousand, so it's um, on the lower end. But um, yeah, I I I want to go to Utah someday if I'm being honest. So I've been there. I I want to go to Salt Lake. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So this ranch is also known as the Sherman Ranch. Um, is the site of multiple paranormal and UFO-related activities. Um, you name the paranormal phenomenon, it's probably happened here. Um, there's been UFO sightings, uh, Bigfoot sightings, Skinwalker sightings, which that's a podcast I want to do sooner rather than later. Jared is uh, skinwalkers, but that's another day. Um, basically just everything. And it, <laughs> it's kind of been famous for decades. Um, it goes all the way back to, um, I guess at least the 1970s. 
but um, I'd like to read two um, of the encounters, and then I'll pass it off to Jared, but um, there's a, uh, there's even now a history channel show on this, and have you watched any of those, of that series, Jared? Have not. Have not. Um, apparently they're on the third season now, and from what I can gather, it's made by the same company that made, or the same production studios that made Ancient Aliens, so I'm sure nothing, so nothing but facts and, uh, historical... At least they'll have good edits. Right, yeah. They'll have high-quality edits. Better than mine. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read some of these um, stories that were, I believe, involved with the... Um, what is it? The It's the Sherman family that had all the weird happenstances to them. Um yeah. Okay, uh, so the family that lived there in the 90s had encounters with strangeness from day one. Uh, the f- there had been encounters before there, but the family that bought the ranch um, from the Myers family, which sadly, unless I'm mistaken, I wasn't able to find much um, information about the Meyer family, but from what I could gather is that they, they owned the ranch before the Sherman family and they lived there for decades and they never had any paranormal happenings to themselves. So, um, the day that the family moved in, they described an encounter with a wolf They said that as they were driving to the home, a wolf wandered over to their car and walked alongside it. All four people in the car said that the wolf was so large that it had to lower its head to look into the car. Um, (laughs) uh, The second wolf story happened shortly after this. Uh, The family was sitting on their porch and a wild wolf wandered onto their porch and laid with the family. They said it was so calm that it let them pet it. Then it just wandered off. Um, this third story happened after some sort of notoriety where a man asked to meditate on the ranch because he felt a spiritual connection of some sort. Both him and another person present described seeing a mostly invisible being run from the tree line straight at the person meditating, then it just disappeared. Um, <laughs> so probably a alien. Um, a fourth story was a man that was at the house who didn't believe any of the stories uh, that in a room full of people, he saw some sort of device just floating in midair. He described it as a sort of pipe-looking thing that only he could see it, and he claimed that he had never before in his life seen anything like it. They later found a photo in a room that he had not yet been 
that contained this exact thing that he described that he had seen. Um, there was a period of time in the 90s where the owners of the ranch made the claim that every single person who visited the ranch encountered something unexplainable. Uh, this claim was substantiated by dozens of people who had been to the ranch only to experience some sort of supernatural event. And this includes things moving around unexpectedly. So that'd be like ghosts, right? Jared? Maybe. Yeah. Um, seeing UFOs, seeing humanoid wolf-like creatures, that would be the skinwalkers. Um, and then they say that there were also people that received radiation burns. Um, yeah. And this guy ends it with saying that there's some sort of facility below the ground and that doing something that involves radiation and whatever they're doing is either causing people to hallucinate or it's creating some sort of dimensional rift where we are able to perceive things that we normally wouldn't be able to perceive. So that guy sounds like he's uh, pilled to the gills, but that's my opinion. Um, <laughs> I think I'll kick it over to you with that. Maybe there is a dimensional rift in there. That's why they're seeing all this bleed through from other dimensions. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, may, maybe there's time slips that have happened there too. I, I don't know. I, I How think time slips bring abnormal creatures. Wouldn't time slips only bring what has been there in the past? So for there to be all those abnormal creatures consistently, well, that would mean that there would have to be abnormal creatures there in the past as well. Well, I've read time slip stories where the people are like transported into the future and they see like the results of like a nuclear decimated city or something, you know? Yeah, but what does that have to do with like skinwalkers and aliens and them seeing those type of things? I mean, like yes, that, that is true. I mean, usually um, time slips are where they, they're just transported to either the past or, you know, like the very distant future. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Back to me? Yeah. So, yeah, it's recognized as the most scientifically studied paranormal hotspot on the planet. Skinwalker Ranch is, as Luke said, 512 acres. Acres. It's uh, with armed security and surveillance 24-7, 365. Um, this remote location was involved with the Pentagon-funded Black Budget Project studying UFO activity, metal mutilations, and strange phenomena. It is also known as a living laboratory for studying other intelligences and possible, possible interdimensional phenomena. Uh, this is the Skinwalker website, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, so, uh, when they were investigating the paranormal occurrences, they always look for explanation of strange activities they encounter, whether it's erratic wiring triggering EMF detectors, animals trapped in walls making all sorts of strange sounds, or the walkie-talkies, our production team was keen. There were tons of exciting moments caused by mundane coincidences, but every so often we wouldn't be able to explain the phenomenon. 
and sometimes natural elements seemingly enhance it. This is why I'm interested in the glimpse tonight on Skinwalker Ranch. Well, that was a really short article that yielded nothing. Um, so Nevada has Area 51. New Mexico has that whole weather balloon incident they don't like to talk about. However, when it comes to UFO hotspots in the southwest United States, a 512-acre property in Utah beats them both. Skinwalker Ranch doesn't have a name ripped from a campfire story. It got decades upon decades of ghoulish anecdotes to match its eerie moniker, from legends of witches and corporeal intriguing to more UFO sightings than you could shake a ray gun at. This isn't a place where you'd want to find yourself in during the middle of the night. Even if you make it out, you'll have alien gizmos embedded in your brain. Skinwalker Ranch creepy reputation isn't a recent phenomenon, but it's only gotten creepier with age. So strap on your tinfoil hats, buckle up, and get ready for the tale. So bonkers, it makes the X-Files look mild in comparison. Um, so what is Skinwalker Ranch? If you say the name Skinwalker Ranch in a party full of normal people, they'll probably look at you like you're an extraterrestrial or a wacky conspiracy theorist at best. Or a reptilian. Or a reptilian, yeah, true. That knows something else. <laughs> the seemingly innocuous plot of land is quite real. It can even be found on the Google Maps. Though, you be the judge of what the stories are, a load of bunk or not. Wait, what stories? Oh, right. When it's not called Skinwalker Ranch, this place is also known as a UFO ranch. Some people call it the Sherman Ranch after the family that was driven out there. More on them later. It starts with what we need to know about this place as described by Vice. Is it basically the Earth's black hole? Here people claim that UFOs hover in the sky and little green men mutate cow mutilate cows. Paranormal activity happens entirely too often. Now, sure, weird sightings happen all over the world, but it's believed such incidents occur way more often than Skinwalker Ranch. Um, if you wanted to keep you far away from the place, calling it Skinwalker Ranch is a pretty good way to do so. That said, this nickname wasn't applied fervently. Fervently? Fervently. Oh my gosh. It has deep, deep cultural roots. Skinwalkers are sinister creatures derived from many North American indigenous mythologies. Um, they are particularly common in uh, Navajo mythology. Uh, these vile beasts are known for their ability to put on the skin of an animal like a coyote and transform um, from a human witch or a warlock into a furry four-legged creature. Skinwalker animals tend to look slightly off. Oh, due to disproportionate features, glowing red eyes these days, whenever people claim to spot skinwalkers, they usually describe them as resembling half-human, half-animal freaks, the likes of which only turn up in B-movies. So, as you probably guessed, the fact that this little place in Utah got its name after these monsters is not a good sign. It has been said that members of the nearby Ute tribe have long considered the Ute Basin region of Utah, where the Skinwalker Ranch is situated, to be a forbidden, toxic place where unearthly terrors prey upon mortals. In the present day, of course, Skinwalker Ranch isn't necessarily known for its witches. Rather, it's a place where people see flying saucers. In 1975, um, uh, physiologist Frank Salzberg claimed to have found hundreds of UFO reportings or originating from Utah and nearby areas, each one weirder than the last. These weird happenings continued after the Salisbury published its findings, too. 
1978, for example, Discrete News wrote that a few separate individuals had seen an unearthly metallic aircraft floating in the air above them. Um, that some decades, uh, a man named Roy Kenzel claimed that he and 250 other people witnessed a UFO hovering over an oil rig. Kensley, Kelsey says this very uh, rig later exploded, and the bosses told their men to hush up about it. Perhaps the most bizarre story of all comes from uh, Paul Persinen, a businessman who claims he to have encountered a flying saucer in 1964 while driving home near Salt Lake. He spotted humanoid figures in the window highlighted by a ethereal green light. These aliens telepathically asked him to beam up with them. Um, Persinen answered in his mind, not allowed. By thinking about his wife and kids and how he couldn't leave them behind. Evidently, the extraterrestrials were okay with that excuse. They flew back into the mountains, and hey, those are some nice aliens, huh? Um, every science fiction blockbuster has the one character, usually an older guy who's been keeping tabs on those wacky nonsense for a long time and knows more than everybody else in the room when it comes to Skinwalker Ranch. The man you want to talk about is a retired high school teacher named Joseph Jr. Hicks. According to the Daily Beast, Mr. Hicks has been following Utah's extraterrestrial scene ever since 1951, after an incident which he believes he and his students saw a UFO floating over their heads. In the following decades, Hicks has become a number one authority on all things Skinwalker. He's the first one to suss out the legends of the Skinwalkers, and he has also cataloged literally hundreds of UFO reportings from the area. When interviewed by a reporter in 2002, Hicks estimated that at least half of the youth Utna Basin's 50,000 residents have seen alien weirdness in the sky, including lights to metallic cigars. That's well a bold estimate for sure. No word on where he got those numbers or if they check out. Enter the 1990s. For the first half of the decade, nobody lived at Skinwalker Ranch. Um, that all changed when the Shermans moved in, and oh boy, did they regret it. The Sherman fa family, composed of a husband, a wife, and two kids, spilled the beans. Um, to the Desert News in 1969, claiming that in their two years at the ranch, they'd seen multiple types of UFOs ranging from orange doorways in the sky to an alien aircraft bigger than the football field. One time a light hauled their car, another time their, their dogs went nuts over floating voices coming from 25 feet above their heads, speaking in an alien language. Crop circles kept being formed in their yard, and according to uh, the news, uh, it's alleged that a seven-foot-tall humanoid figure appeared on the ranch. One time, as written, um, the Sherman family says that they were stalked by wolves that even were, when shot by high-powerful, high-power rifles, wouldn't die. I think we talked about that, right, Luke? Yeah, I think we covered it in a past episode. Yeah, in a, in a different episode, we talked about the wolves that wouldn't die by high-powerful rifles. Uh, Terry Sherman, the father, openly speculated on whether they might be running into evidence of a top-secret government project. Others, of course, were more inclined to think it was aliens, ghosts, or skinwalkers. However, the thing that really messed with the Sherman family's lives wasn't the light in the sky, but rather the horrific things done to their cattle. Whether you hear about aliens bringing up cows, of all things, it's easy to crack wise. However, the nightmare nightmarish predicament that the Sherman family found themselves in this regard was no laughing matter. As the discreet news explained, by 1996, four of the family's prized cows, an important part of their income, vanished from thin air. Another three were found mutilated in brutal ways that you don't want to hear about. When Terry Sherman asked other ranchers about this insanity, they confirmed that their own cattle had been mutilated in the past and that local authorities hadn't been able to help. 
Um, later articles in some papers reported an even more frightening cattle incident that occurred on March 10, 1997. On that morning, less than an hour after a healthy 84-pound calf was targeted, a tags, the animal's corpse was found in the middle of the field in broad deadlight with all the blood drained from its body. According to those on scene, there was no blood in the field, no blood in the dirt, nothing in the calf itself. However, uh, whoever the perpetrator was, things being done to these cows are sickeningly inhumane, and there was still no good explanation as to why. Whenever people hear claims about the paranormal, their first question is why all um, their first question is always, so where's the evidence? As usual, that's the problem. Stories are one thing, footage is another. But where's the proper evidence? Well, regarding of whether one, regardless of whether one believes in UFOs or not, it seems unlikely that the Shermans would have lied about the predicament. The violent continuous loss of cattle took a heavy hit on the family's income, not to mention the psychological damage it must have caused. It eventually caused them to move far, far away. Now, that doesn't mean that they were necessarily aliens, ghouls, or what have you. And sure, there have been occasional instances of a person ruining their business for the sake of a good oats, as the true story of Bigfoot demonstrates. But why would the entire family make it up? In any case, the experiences that the Sherman suffered through, presuming it all really happened, are horrific. Whether they were caused by little gray beings, or perhaps another human being with some mean-spirited agenda, currently, though, the only public evidence of alien activity at Skinwalker Ranch is the usual myriad of blurry photography, videos, eyewitness accounts, and other not so great proof that usually surfaces when the urban legends usually surfaces with these urban legends. Hey, the, the those blurry photographs are uh, great evidence, and uh, yeah, you should respect yeah, I, that. I don't know. I don't know how people take blurry photos with nowadays technology and cell phones. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, my my phone, for God's sakes, can record in 4K at 60 frames per second. I mean, yeah, you, you got me. I mean, yeah, what? You've seen, you seen the video. You seen the video that we took when we were over there in um, uh, at the the ruins. Remember when we were walking down that path and how steady my video was? Like the technology nowadays on these smartphones is insane like the odds of you getting a blurry photo from a smartphone is very very limited unless you are literally shaking it yeah (laughs) it's not because you're a good cameraman or anything it's all my Uh, phone it's all my phone i'm the greatest cameraman ever yes After a couple of years of ducking from the light in the sky and helplessly watching the cows getting slaughtered, the Shermans took what any family they could do. They got out of Dodge. <coughs> That's normal enough, but decidedly not normal is the person who purchased the house from them. According to Wired, it was a big shot Navajo mis- businessman named Robert Bigelow. This dude, if you've never heard of him is there before, is recognized as having found, founded the Bigelow Aerospace, a million-dollar technology company that creates space station modules. He's also known for being really, really into studying UFOs and ETs and paranormal stuff. Through his other organization, the National Institute for Discovery Science, in the past, he's also helped put together a UFO research coalition. Um, When the Sherman family sold the ranch because they wanted to get away from all that erythrial erythrial madness, Bigelow bought the property because he wanted to dive right into it. So once the Shermans packed their bags, Bigelow got to pull in Walker Ranch was a land of paranormal studies, but with science. Uh, Bigelow's organization, the National Institute for Discovery of Science, NIDS, 
uh, wasn't a bunch of superstitious people in rooms or anything like that. Those involved with NIDS wanted to study paranormal activity from a strictly scientific perspective bring, by bringing in GASP, real scientists. The organization posted job ads asking for researchers with an interest in exploring the origin and evolution of consciousness in the universe. Hired experts in uh, physics, biochemistry, immunology, and veterinarian studies to get the work done. According to one of these uh, scientists, Coleman Keller, life at the Skinwalker Ranch got pretty spooky. Some of the uh, researchers reported seeing flying orbs in the sky. Others have been claimed to be stalked in the shadows by fierce animals with yellow eyes. That was me. I'd walk over to the yellow-eyed animals. Hey, buddy, how you doing? And try to pet it. <laughs> so, uh, if a person has yellow eyes, I learned this today, it means they have jaundice and that their liver is failing. But yeah. that that's probably unrelated. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, when they try to get scientific evidence for the weirdness via an array of expensive audio and video recorders, equipment was mysteriously vandalized. Unfortunately, despite the millions of dollars a crack team of scientists and the range of, and a lot of strange events, it doesn't seem like Bigelow's company ever... Uh, uh, uncovered the verifiable proof that the businessman had wanted in 2004. Uh, Nance was disbanded not long after uh, Bigelow walked away from Skid Skid Walker Ranch. (coughs) Um, So I'll go ahead and throw it back to you. I've been talking for too long and I'll start coughing too much here in a little bit because I'm cold. Okay. Um, Okay, so um, apparently Bigelow sold the ranch. Because the new owner um, is one Brandon Fugel. Um, Brandon Fugel described it this way. If you pull up Google Earth and you locate the exact center of the Uinta Basin, it happens to fall on a unique piece of property that he acquired roughly five years ago. So that would be 2016. Um, He bought the land and brought in a team of scientists to see if the legends were true. He continued saying, This 512-acre assemblage has become really the site on not only global interests, but is the most scientifically studied paranormal hotspot on the planet. The second is probably the... um, What is it? The uh, Bermuda Triangle. Um, So... Once again, it's the uh, star attraction of the new History Channel show called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, He uh, was interviewed by ABC4 News. Um, The interviewer asked, uh, what's the thing that you know that you didn't know before that surprised you the most, his reply, he bought the ranch as a skeptic, as a healthy skeptic. He had never seen a UFO, a ghost, an orb, or anything of the sort in his life and disclosed that to the previous owner. Um, He does claim that he and his team have experienced unexplained phenomenon. Those first six months of owning it, he saw nothing that would lead him to believe that there was anything unusual and that all changed. He had with him multiple witnesses when he saw what can be described as a unidentified flying object. 
a craft that was 40 or 50 feet long. There's a silver disc hovering right above the mesa. The, I, I'll, I'll be honest, Jared, I've, I've heard some stories of some very large um, UFO sightings. Um, usually they're out in the middle of nowhere, of course. And, uh, you know, you just have to take the person's word, but, you know, I've heard somewhere, you know, like the size of these things is just massive. I mean, one, the guy said that like, looked like a giant triangle and it looked like it was hundreds of feet long, you know, like we, we couldn't even design a ship like that with our technology. Um, Aircraft, but we uh, we could de- 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 we could design a uh, uh, aircraft carrier that big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fly. but then it floats on the water. It's not flying in the atmosphere, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. And he goes on to say, this wasn't just a blinking light in the sky. Um, this was a solid jo- object that appeared out of nowhere. They could move in the blink of an eye and over a 20-second period perform maneuvers that he believes defy any propulsion physics that they're acquainted with. Um, I mean, I mean, to me, make up your mind. Was it a distant light in the sky that was moving around erratically and randomly? Or was it so big that it was just float because he says it's just floating there. I mean, I guess maybe it moved away. I I don't know. Um. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Um. So one other one interesting thing I found was, uh, you you know, post Malone. He visited uh, Skinwalker Ranch recently, Monday, February 22nd. Um, He is one of the biggest recording artists on earth. Um, His real name is Austin Richard Post. He spent that Sunday with ranch owner Brandon Fugel. That's the guy I was talking about from the other, the article before this he is part of the cast in the secret of skinwalker ranch and uh <laughs> um says post is a paranormal enthusiast i didn't know that who reached out to him about touring the ranch it turns out the two had friends in common you didn't know you didn't know post was a UFO enthusiast? No, I didn't. I. Uh-huh. I. Yeah, he's big into that type of stuff, dude. The. He even went to uh, when I was in Vegas and I was going to uh, what's his name's museum. Um, the the ghost hunter dude. What's his name again? Uh. Did he have a TV show? Yeah. I mean, to me, the most famous ghost hunting show was that one where there's uh, Taps. Do you remember that one? It was just called Ghost Hunters. Taps? Taps? Yeah. 
Okay, so it's Zach Bagan. Yeah, 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 that's him, that's him. Yeah, uh, Post Malone was uh, featured in one of their museum uh, exhibitions over there because um, Post Malone loves paranormal type it, stuff. It's it's very highly rated. It has 6,400 Google reviews, and it's, it has a 4.6 out of 5 stars. So next time oh, we go to Vegas, really we should museum. go there. Oh, it's really cool. I've been there before. It's so awesome. Yeah. Highly recommend. But, um... Sorry, continue, Luke. <laughs> yeah, before Jared rudely interrupted me. Um, oh, so rude. <laughs> yeah. So Fugel said, quote, Post Malone and I were introduced through... Already. Um, and became friends as he is extremely interested in the paranormal with the dream to visit the ranch. He says that Post was specifically interested in the scientific tech and equipment that scientists use at the ranch. I mean, from what I can tell from watching all those ghost hunter story or shows and other crap is that they're using like uh, like machines that read uh, temper temperature. Um, fluctuations or like hot spots that shouldn't exist or uh like electricity or um you know they set up cameras everywhere and they always do it in the dead of night yep and the thing i always love about those shows is that they're like these are the most jumpy people you would ever meet you know like, you would too if you were inside of a creepy dark room and you hear a loud bang to your left. You'd jump too. Oh, I, I guess Jared's a secret fan of these high quality ghost shows. Well, you just haven't watched them and you don't know what you're missing out on. <laughs> so, uh. I'll be right, I'll be right back. I gotta go, uh, grab my pizza. So Fugel has owned the ranch for about five years, having bought from um, UFO enthusiast Robert Bigelow, um, who conducted his own unpublished studies at the ranch. What the heck? If you're going to do studies on it, publish them. I mean, share your... What the heck? Quote, I acquired the ranch from elusive aerospace billionaire Robert Bigelow out of Nevada nearly five years ago and launched his own expanded investigation on the property. Uh, da, 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 da. He has since filmed two seasons of his show at the ranch, with the first season becoming a, quote, worldwide phenomenon. Last year in a partnership with History Channel, he launched an investigative series, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, which was a new hit for the network. Um, they're already on season three. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't watched any of this. The my Me and my parents have watched, like... A lot of the episodes of Ancient Aliens, um, 
And they're start watching some Ghost Runners, my dude. They're currently watching uh, what is it? Um, the Curse of Oak Island, which we did like a God. I want to say a four part series debunking the Curse of Oak Island. But um, yeah, that's kind of buried in <laughs> the eighty six episodes and counting. Oh, God. I've been doing this for too long. Um, <laughs> um, did you have anything to add, Jared, or did you want me to keep going? Uh, keep going. I'm, 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 I'm getting my sauces for my pizza. You're e- eating pizza ranch. during a podcast. Okay. Buffalo Ranch. Yes, you're welcome. Okay. Before it gets cold. So I'm going to read some reviews of The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, uh, the show. More specifically, the one-star reviews, because those are the more, the most entertaining ones. This show was not about skinwalkers. It ended up being about aliens. Hell yeah. And it was extremely scripted. The acting in this was absolutely terrible. I thought that maybe they would address the Native American lore slash history surrounding the ranch, since it was mentioned briefly in the first episode. But sadly, it's very speculative and... Not science or history based, but it's called the History Channel, so it is accurate and historically accurate. Uh, It reminds this person of the Treasure Island show, Curse of Oak Island, where every episode resembles the last and they never seem to make any progress, which, yeah, we did a four-part series on that. Um, Complete waste of time, just boys spending money and speculating Quote, the cows are all in one place. How strange as the cows are all resting under a tree's shade in the middle of a blazing hot day in the desert. Um, The clincher was that they called in live animals to be prey for the, quote, aliens. And then one was attacked by a wolf. Oh, God. Poor cow. And then they probably filmed it and put it up on the Internet. Um, (laughs) uh, of course the multi-thousand dollar surveillance system that they had just installed didn't catch anything at all even in broad daylight so they claimed that the aliens slash skinwalkers were eating their livestock even though the farmhand that went to save the animal said it was just a wild dog as soon as he said it was a wolf and he had to hit it a few times before it released the animal. Everyone quickly corrected him and started steering the conversation again to, no, more like a skinwalker? Yes. And this review was helpful. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) What a disappointment this season has been. Besides having a play-by-play commentary each week of last season, uh, because nothing is worth reporting this season. All the players are so mamby, pamby, and sickingly sweet to each other. They want to bleh. What 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 does mamby, pamby mean to you? Mamby, pamby. Yeah. Uh, like like babies. Oh, like okay. Babies, babies. Yeah, I guess I haven't heard that. That I mean, I've heard it. I just haven't heard it that often. 
Uh, da, da, da. Well, um, I want you to read some five star reviews for that too. Okay, I will. Okay, I'll read one five star review. <laughs> oh, how dare you! I typically, <laughs> yeah, Jared is fair and balanced, or making sure I'm fair and balanced, because I'm obviously you, believing all. Yeah, strong opinions. Yes, um, I typically am not a reality TV. What? Oh, go ahead, sorry. Didn't mean oh, excuse me and your pizza. I typically am not a reality <laughs> TV fan, but the work these guys are doing while keeping a strictly professional outward appearance, despite cameras being on them at all times, just got seriously, they take this work. It's wildly entertaining and educational seeing this ranch on video. After hearing years and years of creepy rumors and stories about the place, this is a five-star review. Um, I think it species need to learn from and understand these anomalous phenomena to evolve further and understand more about ourselves as living, spiritual, physical beings. And I believe we will find answers in time if the scientific community continue taking the paranormal seriously and continue to study these things with every available instrument humanity has at it as it at its disposal this guy sounds like a hivite or something or a yogi i don't know this show is vital to humanity and the work they are conducting is just awesome i hope this show goes on for decades or they until they make solid contact with whatever intelligent forces at work on this ranch and multiple other anomalous areas on earth Quote, he loves this show. And one person found this helpful. I'll mark it as unhelpful to make sure it's fair and balanced. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read one more just because I find this entertaining to read. Ron, my, Ron, my husband, myself... Uh, I'm not going to read her name. Look forward to the show every week. It has such great mysteries every week that cannot be explained. Every week we wait with bated breath to see if what you will discover can be explained. Never can be. One mystery leads to another one, and we don't know how all these mysteries will play out. Did you know there's a ranch close by called White Frog Ranch? On that ranch, they were looking for gold. It was on the Discovery Channel, which... I think kind of went the way of the History Channel, is located near Milk Canyon, Mosby Creek, and Paradise Park Road. In the show, they said they were close to Skinwalker Ranch. We wondered if they had an unusual activity, too. Instead of gold, they found uranium in the soil. Hell yeah. They are radioactive. Maybe it's the radioactiveness that's causing people to see lights. There, I read your fair and balanced review. Get off my back. Good. Get off my back. No, I will never. Yeah. What, it's what, not happening. What, what a good friend. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, so... Um, I'm I, laugh. I'm pizza. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I, I, went, I went to the subreddit. There's a r slash skinwalker ranch that has 13,000 members. And I looked up... Um, what, what did I look up? I looked up... Uh, 
like Myers, you, you know, like the first people that own this ranch, Jared. And uh, they, uh, it. Yeah, I heard you. Sorry, I was muted. Yeah. And the, the only post that came up was called or titled Tortured Alpacas. Really, is this necessary? You know they're going to be tortured. This disgusts me. There's no re legitimate reason to expose more an animals to a place infamous for mutilations and attacks. For TV, not a good enough reason. Uh, F, star, star, star them. Um, and then these comments are hilarious. And they make such a big deal out of the cows bunching together in one corner. Any idiot that seen that has seen a cow in real life knows that's normal cow behavior. They were huddling for shade in the desert. Imagine that, huh? <laughs> um, and then someone suggests, why haven't they tried to put a predator on the property, such as a lion or an actual wolf? Would this not help? Not a bad idea, but I would try to see any animal in especially a beautiful animal such as a tiger or a lion or a wolf be put in danger. Um, agreed, wouldn't want to see any animal in any danger. Them using alpacas kind of pissed this guy off. He raises alpacas on their family farm. Um, I, yeah. Okay, well, here, here's a guy that watched the episode. Um, and reacted the same thing. Quote, we'll bring other animals in to see how they react to the ranch and how the ran ranch reacts to them. Basically, they're saying they're deliberately bringing animals into an area, and that is, by all accounts, highly dangerous um, for animals. Uh, da, 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 da. So, apparently, a Skinwalker Ranch book uh, tells stories of where dogs and cows were supposedly violently killed by unknown animal attacks slash unnatural causes and yet knowing all of this they're like sure let's bring in other animals and see what <laughs> happens <laughs> um <laughs> so they have a overgrown pen and have two alpacas in the middle of it and my mom would not like this show she did, I, I've told you she wants llamas of her own, right? Yeah, they spit. Yeah. Ah, those are mean animals. Um, this, nice to them. Yeah. This, me? Yes, you. Hey, I am... I am be nice to the alpacas. I am... Well, they're, they're going to be expensive llamas, so, you know, that's just... Um, yeah, whatever. Nice to the llamas. Yeah, be nice to the llama. Have you ever looked up what it costs for like a llama vet bill? It's like five, five grand. It's like yeah, they have to go over there and everything. Yeah, yeah it's like crazy high. Um, and then this guy continues on. Might as well have tied them up to a tree with a live bait attack us sign tied around their necks. And then everyone pretends to be all shocked and upset um, when one of them gets attacked by a wolf. Uh, da, 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 da. Da, da, da. This guy was almost tempted. 
this guy was tempted to write A&E, who owns History Channel, which I, I didn't know the History Channel was owned by A&E. Did you? Yep. Oh, well, you just know everything. Um, and tell them I was deeply... I found that out about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, yeah, you're hilarious. Um, and tell them that I was deeply bothered by this and that going forward they shouldn't hurt animals in their shows, which, yes, I agree. Don't... If, if there's a history, okay, like let's say you buy a farm and there's a history of wolves in the area and you just let your herd animals wander around without being protected, you're either a moron or you don't care about the animals, you know? Oh, they were protecting the animals in that show. Yeah. They usually use um, herding dogs to help protect the animals, and they do a very good job at keeping the wolves away. Right. Well, apparently this uh, these alpacas were attacked or something. I I don't know. Which happens all the time. What? By the way, llamas live twenty. By the way, llamas live twenty years. So if the llamas end up outliving your parents, it seems like you might inherit the llamas. <laughs> Hmm. Well, I didn't realize they lived 20 years on average and up to 25 years in captivity. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look up how much a llama vet bill is. Llama vet bill <laughs> average. So yeah, llamas are social animals. If properly socialized from a young age, they can make a very calm, gentle companion. They have a reputation for spitting, but this is more typical between llamas and not usually directed at people unless poorly socialized. So if your mom does get a llama, and also talking to our, 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 our viewers here as well, if you want to get a llama, make sure you get a young one that is um, either properly socialized or you plan on properly socializing it. And if you get an older one or a middle-aged one, make sure that it's socialized properly. Okay, so I found a llama breeding site. When you just turn into a llama show. <laughs> I don't know. It's I think we're all out of what what to talk about Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> and plus I should probably learn this information anyways. So, for the next 10 minutes, you guys get to hear about llamas. So, congrats. It's my podcast. I'll use it when I need it. Um <laughs> In the ways that I desire. Yeah. J.G. <laughs> Wentworth be damned. Um, when you buy a llama from a trusted breeder, you can expect to get some sort of a warranty, updated vaccinations, a deworming. Hopefully it doesn't have a, a tapeworm. The animal's medical history, nail cutting, shearing, and aftercare assistance if you ever need it. Um, if you're paying a lot of money for it, make sure you get, like, when it still be called papers, you know, for like it's uh, breeding, or it's like yeah, it's yeah. They usually have um, uh, breeding on it, and they also have typically they usually have the genetic, um, like what the animal is genetically prone towards, whether it's hip dysplasia and things like that. The breeders will also give you that information too. Yeah, um, they should if they don't ask for it. Uh, on on these. Uh, I guess the llamas, Jared, are the ones with the curved, the curved ears. Yeah. Um. I do believe so. Did did I show you that picture of my cat? Yeah, 
that got yeah. shaved. They're kind of shaved like that. Kind of looks like they got the lion cut. But, you know, people sell their fur and whatnot. Um, so, a llama can cost anywhere from a few hundred dollars up to $5,000. Depending on age, temperament, gender, breeder, wool quality, training, lineage, purpose. Oh, my God. How much was that again? A few hundred dollars up to $5,000. The one my mom got quote was eighty five hundred, so um yeah. Ooh, she's being charged a lot more than she probably should be. Yeah, well. Well that's a very, very good like uh like sorry, excuse me, you're very good genetic like descendant. It's it's a high quality llama. It's a high quality llama. Yep. Exactly. Um, uh, and when your mom does get a llama, they like to be patted on the fronts of their neck, patted on their heads, and may enjoy the back of the neck scratch from people they're more familiar with. You I'm gonna pat the llama the same way you pet a dog, but make sure they're accustomed to human interaction before you proceed to pet them freely. I'm I'm gonna try to uh, go llama tipping, and you're gonna be the cameraman. So, all right, no, I will tackle you before you. <laughs> tackle you and let the llama spit on you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're no fun. Um, okay, so <laughs> apparently you can adopt a llama for 250 to $300. Um, this involves finding an animal rescue organization near you that has llamas up for adoption. Typically, all you'll have to pay is the adoption fee. Uh, da, 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 da. Good thing about adopting a llama is that you don't have to worry about getting a low-quality llama. I love saying the word llama, or one that has been neglected or abused. This is because most llamas, llama, arriving at rescue organizations arrive very healthy. These animals are usually given up because the owners simply can't care for them. If a llama is sick when it arrives at a place of rescue, it will be restored to health before being offered for adoption. Yeah, like I'm a, I'm a big supporter of you know, adopting an animal whenever you can. Oh, yeah. Like, all, all the cats that my parents have had, we've adopted. We're adopted? Yeah. The only problem with adoption is that, specifically with llamas, is that they're very social animals. And if they're not properly socialized from a young age, they can be quite aggressive and they can be very standoffish. Yeah. But if they are properly socialized from a young age, they can be very calm and gentle. So you have to make sure that if you're adopting a llama, um, you have to make sure that you actually see it first and interact with it first to make sure that it's uh, properly socialized. Yeah, I mean, that. I, I guess that's the only downside, major downside to adoption is like you only know everything that's happened to that animal from when it arrived at the shelter, right? Hello? Yeah. Jared? Jared? Yes? Yeah. My headset got disconnected because I was... Yeah. Okay. Um, healthcare, zero to $50 a month. Uh, aside from providing a llama with nutritious food, these animals don't need much health. 
to care on a regular basis. One thing you will have to do if your llama will be grazing outdoors during the summer month is to have your vet come and give your animal an anti-parasite medication to protect it from meningeal worm. This is an infection that's spread by deer in many areas. Um, plan on shearing the coat each spring so your animal isn't adversely affected by the summer's heat. You can do this job yourself or pay someone $25 to $35 an hour to do it for you. Um, apparently, llamas have to get their nails clipped. I would not want to do yeah, that. I would not want to do that, man. And if I remember right, they also have to get their uh, fur uh, shaved or sheared quite often as well. Yeah. Or I might be thinking of sheep. I don't remember. Uh, their food is actually pretty cheap. It, this is saying it's only $250 an hour, but I don't believe that. Um, I, I'm i going to say it's probably, uh, I don't know. This is saying 20 to $30 per month. I'm going to say $50 per month per llama. And, you know, these are herd animals, so you're supposed to have, like, what, three of them at least? Yeah, I'd say, like, two to four. Yeah. Okay, so apparently you can get um, pet insurance for them. So 20 to $40 per month. In terms of insurance, llamas are classified as exotic animals. Dude, that is stupid. They're... They're native to South America. Like you, you know the Inca, the Inca, the Inca raised llamas. You know they use them for their fur and their milk. Why are they considered exotic animals? That's kind of interesting. I don't get that. Okay, so if you get insurance with them, which is probably highly recommended, you need exotic animal pet insurance. This type of insurance will cover your animal for theft, death, and vet fees associated with accidental injury or illness. You will need livestock insurance if you're going to make money from your llama via breeding or selling its wool. Like, I, I didn't know this. That's probably good I look this up. Um, uh, I, so th this is saying the total monthly cost of owning a llama is $65 to $160 per month. So that's probably not too bad, right? That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a terrible Ugh, This picture of this one is ugly. Ugh. How dare you? They're beautiful creatures of God. How dare you call it ugly? Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not religious, so yeah, whatever. <laughs> I know, that's why I said that. <laughs> yeah, they're ugly to me, so whatever. Um. I'll send this to my mama, though. But that's unrelated to you guys. So, anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast on Skinwalker Ranch that veered a sudden violent left turn into oncoming traffic and ran into a llama ranch. But that's besides the point. Um, that's funny. Yeah, well, I'm hilarious. Anyways. Um, Jer Jared thinks I'm hilarious, at least. So, yeah. Um, this this has been your host Luke and my co-host. Not Gerard. not Thank that. you guys for listening. <laughs> God damn it! Okay. okay, yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. Hope you have a good week. Um, 
I myself had a pretty good week. Um, I know it's Easter. I don't really care. I'm not religious. Uh, hope you have a good week, week, no matter what. Peace out.